Welcome to the Work Revolution Podcast. I am your host, Deborah Aidy. In this first episode, I will tell you a little bit about myself, what this podcast is all about, and how I've come to this moment of believing that we are in need of a work revolution. I've spent my entire career in the talent management space in one form or another, and a good chunk of that time working one-on-one with people, coaching them through job loss and through various points of what I call change and transition in their career. These people have come from diverse backgrounds, they work in a variety of different industries, and they've been at all levels of the organization. With the bulk of my work in most recent years being with mid to senior level managers and leaders. I've also worked with corporations as they implement change, restructure, and downsize. What I've come to believe is that there's a great deal of dysfunction happening in corporations today. And it's not just corporations, but for lack of a better phrase, I'll call it the world of work in general. This dysfunction is evident in the fact that despite corporations spending gobs of money on performance management, training, coaching, and employee engagement initiatives, employee engagement continues to decline. I would argue there's been a steadily growing sense of cynicism about the world of work. And yet I know from my work with employees, leaders, and job seekers that the large majority of them are motivated to do their best work and would love to find an organization and a corporate culture and a boss where they can do just that. So where is the disconnect? Most of us at some point in our career experience significant frustration, stagnation, and stress. And for too many, this can become a mental or physical health concern. I've heard stories of bullying, stonewalling, gaslighting, Too many employees have difficulty getting their ideas heard. They get stuck attempting to maneuver the political landscape or what they feel is a toxic culture. And even just the general hierarchical structure can get in the way. Add to that the systemic issues that can be difficult to identify, but clearly have resulted in women and minorities still being underrepresented in certain professions and in leadership. Too many employees hold back, they don't speak the truth, they don't challenge the status quo, even though when sometimes employees say they want them to, because they are afraid to be unsupported, shut down, ignored, or shamed in some way. People often feel like to be a team player, they just have to play along, even though it doesn't feel right. And they are disillusioned by the hypocrisy of working for an organization that does not operate in accordance with its expressed values. And even though some of them have bosses who they really like, those bosses are also often overworked or just don't have time for their direct reports. And they're also suffering from the same workplace challenges that I've just mentioned. It's pretty obvious that this all impacts productivity, innovation, attrition, and costs organizations a lot of money. All of this is deeply problematic and in my mind worthy of a work revolution, but it's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is that we have an urgent crisis that makes the current pandemic look minuscule by comparison, and I'm speaking of course about the climate crisis. Our systems of living and working are not sustainable and over time will have disastrous effect. And if we take what we've learned from the pandemic and how it has played out in different countries, and in particular, the horrifying situation that continues to unfold in the United States, it's 
very obvious that despite good science, lots of expertise and knowledge, things don't necessarily move in the right direction. When it comes to the climate crisis, we have good science, we have lots of great expertise and knowledge, and yet we're not prepared. We are not making the necessary changes. We're not even moving in the right direction. Most people have not even woken up to the severity of the situation. And perhaps most importantly, we have a deficit of character in leadership that will stall the kind of change that we need. There are two things desperately needed to beat the challenges we face with the climate crisis. Great leadership in all sectors of our economy, and a lot of really highly skilled, talented, motivated people who are unencumbered by societal inequalities and just general corporate BS. So every single one of us needs to be asking ourselves some critical questions. First off, when the shit really starts to hit the fan with the climate crisis, which is starting and will only continue to get worse, who do we want to be in positions of power and influence? And secondly, how will the right talent be identified, deployed, mentored, promoted into positions of influence? We will need great minds and diverse skill sets, diverse thinking from every walk of life, corner of the globe, every point on the gender spectrum. We don't have time for barriers based on gender or race or anything else. In my mind, we need to start seeing each other as equal human beings on a dying planet. This effort is going to take harnessing and mobilizing a lot of talented, motivated minds across every sector of our economy. Consider all the things that businesses had to do to pivot quickly in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, and then times that by 10, a million, I'm not really sure, but the climate crisis is coming on more gradually, but it will have much more dire long-term consequences. It makes me think about that experiment that you might be familiar with, where you boil a frog. So if you put a frog in boiling water, it just jumps out. But if you put a frog in room temperature water and then gradually turn up the heat, the frog stays and dies. Are we all frogs on this gradually warming planet? It's against this backdrop that I feel a sense of urgency for change, and it's why I've come up with what I'm calling new rules for the new world of work. I'll very briefly tell you about them today, and in future episodes, we'll dive more deeply into each of these along with other workplace issues and challenges. I'll talk with industry experts and everyday people about what's going on in the world of work and what needs to change. I'm also seeking out and looking to talk to companies that are doing things differently and getting great results so that we can use them as examples to look to. The first rule for the new world of work is that there is no room for barriers caused by bureaucratic and inefficient organizational structures. Tackling these difficult challenges requires everyone working at their full potential. We cannot rely solely on tiny startups with avant-garde entrepreneurs, uh, nor can we rely on the odd altruistic business tycoon to implement innovative solutions. Those people are great, but we need established companies to step up and adjust their structures to implement rapid change and 
to identify the right talent and develop them and deploy them quickly. I'm concerned about how the right talent will rise through the ranks in our current organizational structures. Too many employees are feeling frustrated, stagnated, and unheard. We need models of work that enable agile career mobility and will help unleash the energy and potential of people. Rule number two, there is no room for inequalities or biases related to age, sex, gender, race, ethnicity, or anything else. We cannot have meaningful change without complete equality. Lack of diversity has gotten us into this mess. It's created an imbalance of power and an unsustainable way of living. Women, Aboriginal people, and people of color were not part of the build of our society. That includes our economy, our institutions, our way of governing, and our corporate structures. Diversity and inclusion programs are an attempt to retrofit these systems and structures to bring these people into the fold. If that sometimes feels like putting a square peg into a round hole, it's because that's exactly what's happening. The structures and systems themselves need to change to be representative of the diversity in our culture and in our world. There is plenty of important work to be done, and we need diverse skill sets, competencies, and perspectives. It can't be only the most privileged among us who have easy access to good education, training, resources, mentorship, and developmental opportunities who get into leadership and are charged with making change, that is just a recipe for the status quo. Related to this, I also think we need to reassess how we assign value to labor. We need to do a better job of recognizing the broad range of competencies and skills that are vital. The pandemic has shown us that some of the work we consider essential is also some of the lowest paying insecure and transient work, and depending on where you live, is performed largely by minority groups. Think about the kinds of jobs that rely on qualities and traits like tenderness, compassion, kindness, humility, connection, empathy. These qualities have been labeled as feminine and unfortunately men were mostly raised to consider femininity an insult. Work that relies heavily on these traits, these traits that are neither feminine nor masculine, but are just simply human traits, became female-dominated work. Work that emphasizes the ability to teach and care for others like childcare, social work, elder care, and social services are examples of low-paying, traditionally female-dominated professions. Think of it this way. What's more important to you? That the person who cares for your child is trained, well-trained, and does an excellent job? Or that the person who invests your money is well-trained and does an excellent job? If you're having a hard time answering that, then shouldn't they probably earn about the same? Caregiving is not easier than number crunching. Those, those traits are strengths. Not everyone has them, and they have great value. Part of the problem is that a lot of this caregiving type of work has historically been done for free by women, 
and is still grossly undervalued in our society. Okay, now for the last rule. The third and final rule in the new world of work is that there is no room in the leadership ranks for delicate egos, sociopaths, narcissists, bullies, or people with low self-awareness, low character, low EQ. One thing that I'm actually grateful to the Trump presidency for is how it has shone a spotlight on how very dangerous it is to have a leader who is overconfident, undercompetent, and operates totally in their own self-interest. Turns out this is especially bad during a crisis, but this is also a great lesson. We need conscientious leadership. We need leaders who will do the right thing when no one is looking. I think only the most self-aware and enlightened people who can check their egos at the door will be able to push innovation and change in the right direction and ensure that the right talent gets hired, rewarded, promoted, and gets the resources they need to create change. These are people who know how to listen, demonstrate empathy. They will need to develop deep trust with employees, customers, and their community and investors. This means reevaluating the type of people who are promoted through organizations and how they are incentivized once in positions of power and influence. Yes, we need people working at their full potential in technology, science, artificial intelligence, engineering, education, government, you name it, but they can't succeed without great leadership. This is what the work revolution is all about. It's walking straight into the uncertainty that lies ahead without a crystal ball, but with openness, humility, and a desire to understand one another and to create positive change. I hope you'll come with me on this journey to explore questions, ideas, and stories in conversation with me and my guests. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends, family, and colleagues. I also welcome your ratings and comments. Until next time, my name is Deborah Eighty. Thank you for listening. <music>